Welcome to the Wellcast. Life is messy. We're here to help you sort it out. Welcome back to another episode of the Wellcast. I'm Mike Sirisoni, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Senor Jordan Hogue. Thank you. Yes, I'm actually senor now, yes. which is exciting. I just wanted to show off my vast uh, ability to speak in Spanish. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think Mike and I were just talking about this, and like sometimes people think that I'm being mean to Mike. Yeah. Because I like to tease him. I just want you guys to know I love Mike. Yeah, but you are mean. I am sometimes just a brother with brotherly love, yeah. tongue in cheek. I make fun of you, okay? It's true. And I don't take it personal. And I here's the deal. In that process, sometimes I build camps and those camps are all against you. <laughs> but that's not a bad thing, right? right? It's just it makes a, me stronger. I <laughs> yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just bolstering you, man. That's good. I appreciate Lifting it. Lifting you up. Yes. Good. What are we talking about today, man? We're talking about dealing with doubt. Man, I think this is such a relevant issue in today's church like there are people who deal with doubt in a positive way Mm -hmm. deal with doubt in a negative way yeah people who did not like feel bad about dealing with doubt and we have the privilege of sitting down with a good friend of both of ours yeah uh, Ka'o. yeah Ka'o yoshikawa one of our student ministries pastors here at the well and he just has such a unique way of walking people through Mm -hmm. his story and how he's wrestled with doubt Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear from Ka'o. He is very insightful as a person, but he's also just in touch with who he is. Mm -hmm. And so I think he brings an interesting perspective and a permission that's unique to this conversation. So I'm excited for you guys to hear. And, you know, I mentioned in the episode about my own story, and uh, but I don't get into specifics. And part of that is like, you know, I don't know how much is helpful, but honestly, I have had a lot of wrestling with doubt in my adult life. You're kind of a negative Nancy anyway. <laughs> so. I don't, so everyone, you guys heard that, right? Yeah, I made fun of you. Mike <laughs> is being mean to me, okay? So I am more of sort of on the more pessimistic side of life, and my natural bent, unfortunately, is sometimes glass is half empty, and I don't want to be that way, but I have to fight against that to give and to support, I guess, the optimism of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I feel like God's brought me a long way. And part of that journey is my doubt. It's wrestling with like, you know, an upbringing that said that like your level of faith is based on your amount of assurance, not your trust in God. And when I was in my early 20s and married, I used a season of deep, deep doubt in who God was and his character to actually introduce sin to my life. And that was when... I think a lot of my relationship with food, sexual temptation and pornography crept its way back into my life. Mm -hmm. And I allowed those things to sit and stay there for a long time. I'm still dealing with the repercussions of that these days. And so although God's given me victory in those places and he's brought me through and recovering me, I I do feel like this conversation is very close to my heart. And there may be some of you out there that are really, really wrestling with doubt And I hope you hear this from a place of being like, we love you and we feel the chaos of your soul. We feel how hard it is to doubt what you feel like has been your foundation for a long time. And we want to give you permission to have that conversation. Yeah. And doubt's not always the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, some people doubt, you know, they doubt God or they sometimes they doubt his goodness when they're going through hard times or other times they doubt their own relationship with God. And so doubt is a multifaceted issue in Mm -hmm. this world when when it comes to things of God. And I think what is really cool about what we're going to talk about is just really some 
some helpful ideas on what to do when you're experiencing doubt of Mm -hmm. of any kind when it's related to God. And so I know this is a topic that is relevant for so many people, for both of us. I mean, I think if you're sitting here wondering if Jordan and I have ever been through seasons of doubt, I mean, you just mentioned yours, but doubt is something we all wrestle with. Mm -hmm. And if you're big or small, yeah. And I would be willing to bet a hundred, a hundred percent of you have dealt with or are dealing with doubt at some point. God would rather you talk to him than lie to yourself. Yeah. And, and so let's be real. Let's have a real conversation surrounding doubt. And so let's dive in with our guest, Ka'eo Yoshikawa on the topic of doubt. Hope you guys enjoy it. are sitting down with Keio Yoshikawa, one of our student pastors here at the well. What's up, man? Hey, I'm glad to be here. Dude, you love ice cream. I love ice cream. How many times this week have you eaten ice cream? Every day. <laughs> what, what's are your you favorite kidding? flavor of ice cream? I'm not kidding. My favorite flavor of ice cream is mint chocolate chip. Oh, can you tell me why that doesn't taste like you're brushing your teeth? I I don't know. It just doesn't. It tastes, it's refreshing and it's good and it matches like a cold ice cream. For and me. you grew up in Hawaii, right? I did. Did they have mint chocolate chip there? They did. And was it pineapple flavor? <laughs> I think maybe because it was different than all the fruit flavors that are around, it became my favorite. Oh, it was probably coconut flavored. There were a lot of coconut yeah. flavors. <laughs> They're like, well, this is hibiscus, this is coconut, this is pomegranate, this These is These are dolphin. your only options on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a chocolate chip cookie dough guy myself. Yeah? Yeah, I just I enjoy biting into some cookie dough every now and then, but Ooh. I don't think... For the record, I don't I don't think that mint chocolate chip tastes like toothpaste. So I'm I'm on your team. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah I think the I bigger think... question I have, sorry, is pineapple on pizza or not. Negative. Big fat no. Thank no. You. We can all be friends. Yeah. Cooked pineapple is disgusting. Eat your pineapple? Well, I would actually disagree with that. No. A grilled, grilled pineapple, pineapple? Delicious. Baked oh. pineapple? No. No, mm. thank you. Have you ever had those like taco carts where they grill the pineapple over no. and it melts down over it? I will admit that I do that you not. have a horrible palate. No. <laughs> and you don't like Mediterranean food. And hummus is basically my first food group, and it makes me mad. Everyone listening, I don't DM, like hummus. Unfollow Mike. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't like hummus. I don't think I'm alone. I mean, who wants to eat chickpeas Here's all the, deal. the time? You don't like pineapple. Kao's he is Hawaiian. I you love don't like Middle pineapple. Eastern food. He lived in the Middle East. He speaks Arabic. I know. I love pineapple. I love Do you keo. like keo? <laughs> I, I love keo. Man. I, lo- what, I feel like I'm on the jury stand here all, <laughs> all of a right. sudden. So here's the deal. We can all agree that Mike kind of stinks right now, but we love him. And <laughs> so do. I think I, <laughs> I think we do have a point to this episode, and it's that we invited keo in to talk about doubt, right? What does it mean to wrestle with doubt? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a topic that just a lot of people deal with as you walk with Christ. I mean, it's the idea of walking with a God who you can't touch or see, but you can experience. And you see the, the truth of his word, and that plays out over time in your life. But I think 
I think we'd be lying if we said as believers there's never seasons of doubt or times that we walk through doubt or friends that we walk with through their times of doubt. And so I think this episode's going to be really good for people to, to hear. So thanks for joining us, K.A.O. We're glad to have you here. Yeah, of course. This is fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I mean, K.A.O., I think first, like, are there pieces in your life where you identify with this topic? Are there seasons where you've dealt with doubt in your faith? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I think the biggest season I had of doubt was actually in college. So I, like we mentioned a little bit before, my undergrad it was is in Arabic and linguistics. And you're I, smart. We that's get impressive. <laughs> so the idea was that you, I really you felt, didn't want to add math. No, that? Uh, no. Yeah. I Language did. is basically math. Yeah. <laughs> to some extent, yes. Yeah. It's a bunch of formulas to communicate. Yeah. But I wanted to be a stateside missionary, and so I thought this would be the best place. The 1040 window like the longitude and latitudes on the world create a space where these are like the most unreached people. And as I was learning about that, I really felt like, oh, language is a barrier between understanding the gospel and the gospel being shared with people. And so I was just following the Lord. But as you're learning Arabic, Arabic is like a language that's really based in Islam and that worldview. And so for me, this was really difficult because here I am being tutored by people who speak Arabic, have a different worldview than me and looking at them and with my own worldview of Christian and Christianity and follower of Christ being like, you're a better follower of Jesus than I am, Mm. even though we're not following the same God and your beliefs are different than mine. But you, if you would just be a Christian, you'd be a better Christian than me. Mm. And then that made me really processed out being like, am I following the right religion? Am I actually following what I believe is Christianity? Not the main thing is actually Islam because I feel like they're more devout than I am. And so what am I actually doing? Tell me more about that because, you know, you're, you're making interesting statements about your life at that time. What was your life like, you know, as you compare your tutors and how they lived to the kind of the way you were living, what was it about that whole scene that made you kind of go, if you were only a follower of Christ, like you would be a quote unquote better Christian? Yeah, I think for me, it was like the whole perspective of being in college. It's like, you need to go after your goals, you're trying to get a career, you're trying to get finances in order. You're chasing after your own individualistic goals. And my Arab tutor uh, at the time, he was just trying to live the way his religion asked him to. Mm. And he was all about serving other people. And just to hear that versus my own, like what I was trying to do, which was trying to make me better, trying to do things and like achieve. Mm-hmm. It really made me doubt being like, oh, maybe I got it wrong. So you saw his servant's heart and his love for people and said, does that look more like God than me in my own journey? Yeah, doubting faith, but also doubting myself and whether or not I actually am a follower of Christ. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the things that I feel like we wrestle with have presuppositions, right? So there was there a presupposition that like you still hadn't wrestled with like obedience versus grace? Yeah, I was still trying to work for my own salvation at that time too. Mm. I wanted to look like, I was the best follower of Christ possible. Mm-hmm. I don't think that actually went all the way to my heart yet. It was just more like, I understand what I should be doing, but yeah. I'm not. And oftentimes, like, no matter who we surround ourselves with, they always influence us. Mm-hmm. And so did you feel like you were in sort of a season of being very influenced by other people? And, like, was the other presupposition that maybe like, only good people follow Jesus? When I went to university, it's just my whole world got opened up. There's different worldviews that I never had to encounter. Followers of, of Muslims themselves were not someone I would encounter in my own personal sphere. At yeah, the time. Uh, not University of Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so that was, 
I think that was clashing with my own understanding of who they were, in addition to also being lots of worldviews being expanded mm-hmm. in my mind. And then also, I think at that time, you're just trying to figure out yourself. Yeah, I think a lot of us have had that experience where, like, we're kind of spoon-fed these presuppositions about what people are like outside of the church. And then if you make these sort of enemies or they're they're all railing against Christ in the church and then like Jamie and I living next to our gay and lesbian neighbors who are better neighbors really than we are, if we didn't have a proper theology and understanding of what sexuality was or what Christianity was, we'd be like, what they're doing is better than what we're doing, you know, like, and that's just, you know, an easy sort of topic, but that goes across the board. And, and so you felt like your worldview was expanding in this place and you didn't have the preparation to really handle the expansion of that. Yeah, no, seriously. I like, I think in that moment, like where it says in the Bible, where it's like, don't be the ones that get tossed by the wind. Mm-hmm. As far as our beliefs, I was feeling like I was just a boat in the water being tossed to and fro by other worldviews. So how did you walk through that? And then, I mean, obviously you're a pastor in a Christian church now. Like what's the sort of gaps in there? I think for me, I just thought that doubt was bad. Like Mm. I shouldn't have doubt. And if I do have doubt, that means my faith isn't strong enough. You've never been even like given the idea before or introduced the idea that it could be helpful? Yeah, no, not at all. It was like shameful. Mm. Like I remember when I would express doubts in high school about my faith or this is difficult because I I can't see God how can you say that he loves me if I don't even know if he's existing or present? People would be like, well, that just means you don't believe in him enough. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we should talk a lot about that because that is so deeply common. But I don't want to walk away from your story in this. So where did that sort of perspective come in and how did you work through that? Uh, So that was really difficult for me. And then one of my college pastors said, hey, doubt isn't bad. Doubt mm. is actually really good. You're given permission. Yeah, but unprocessed doubt is bad. Mm. So to hold it in, to keep it in without processing with other people, without bringing that into the light, that's actually bad. Yeah. And so he says, you are being very healthy in this moment to be like, I actually am struggling. I'm in a spiritual like fork in the road, mm-hmm. and I don't know where to go. And he was like, that doesn't mean you don't believe. That just means in your own humanity you are trying to process what's happening in front of you and being with like – and the God, what God says in the Bible is coming together. And now mm. you're trying to be like, okay, how, what do I trust in who God is and what I'm seeing in front of me? Where do I go from there? One of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. I mean, it's hard to say that, right? I love so many <laughs> uh, passages. But it's the only one he's ever read. <laughs> is, it's not true. Uh, is, is Luke 7, right? Where John the Baptist is in prison and he's wondering, like, is this all worth it? Like, I know what lies ahead of me. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be martyred for my faith. Like, I'm going to die proclaiming Jesus. And so he, he's starting to wrestle with the same doubt. And I love that passage because John the Baptist is like this incredible prophet. Like, you, you look at, you know, what he was called to do, like the forerunner of Jesus, mm-hmm. the, literally his cousin, right? So, and, and yet he, in the midst of life, he brings himself to this place where he's doubting. And what he does next is really important. So what did you do next? Like, we could talk about what John the Baptist did next, and I think we should at some point in this conversation, but, but I'm more curious at this point, what, what did you do next as you process through that doubt? How did you get, how did you connect the dots from, I'm doubting, I'm doubting, I'm having trouble. Mm-hmm. You have this conversation with your, 
with your professor, and it's a, it sounds like it was really helpful. So what does the road look like as you walked forward to the place where now you're leading students to Christ on a weekly basis? What does that look like? I think I just accepted the fact that like us doubting isn't bad. Mm-hmm. And then I just that forced me actually to run closer to God. I ran to Jesus. Yeah. And I actually like started studying scripture even more and like opening my Bible even more and being like, okay, I really need, I really need to know this. And the answers I had, I, if I had a question, I would bring it to people who I trusted with like my questions. And that just pointing back to we were like, Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. And that gave me the most comfort knowing that what I'm currently walking through, God is not mad. He's not disappointed. And if anything, he's like, I want you to process this. I can show you ever more how much I'm going to provide or how much I love you or how I can affirm the things I've already done. And, And so that actually gave me more confidence in him knowing that actually in the moment, just like Moses in Exodus when they're running and like they're in the wilderness and they don't know. Yeah. That's, I think this is the biggest moment of doubt for these people. And yeah. I really like empathize and sympathize with them because they kept trusting in God and then they had moments of doubt, like real doubt. And then they just like yelled at him and then mm. started to not believe. Wow, they used doubt as an excuse for disobedience. Yeah. And then I just learned from that being like, I, but I know the end of the story how God was faithful and ever present. And I get that like hindsight's 2020. And so maybe I'm in the middle and that's where my doubt is. And so I'm going to continue just to be like, and this is where I'm going to know you more, God. So Mm -hmm. when I'm at the end of it, I can look back and be, this is how faithful you were. So it's almost like you were trusting in God's word, even when you didn't feel like it, like the truth and authority of God's word was real for you. And that's interesting because as you think back to the story in Luke seven, like that's, that's exactly what John the Baptist did. He, he brought his disciples in he said, go, go and ask Jesus, you know, it, is he really the, who he says he is? And, uh, and then Jesus says, go and tell, tell John all of what you've seen. And it's just that the, Jesus is the word mm-hmm. and we have the word of God to, to strengthen us and, and to, to trust in. And I love that you, you handled that, but the truth is not everybody handles it that way. And Jordan just made a statement, you know, doubt is not a, an excuse for disobedience. How have you experienced, whether it's through your life or through the lives of other people that you've been walking with, some negative ways of handling doubt? So we talked about the positive way, go to Christ, go to his word, believe the truth and trust in that. But I think there's also, you know, these negative ways. So how are, have you seen some of those negative ways played out either in your life or somebody else's? Yeah, I think I think there are times when I personally, for me, I would just get overwhelmed, not knowing what I should do or what I should believe, and really having conflicting ideas of what God's word says versus what I'm feeling. I think that's the problem a lot. I could be wrong, but just for me, uh, sometimes doubt happens because what we believe and how we feel are clashing, and so mm-hmm. we're like, "What do I give more weight to?" Even though we know feelings are fleeting, feelings are very powerful. And so, yeah, for me, I would just run away. I'd run to other things. Sometimes it's like, yeah, like we talked about ice cream. Like maybe I'm just going to eat my feelings for a second and trust in this ice cream in front of me. Amen. Versus trusting in God. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, I've had friends who they've even said, I remember this in college when I was even processing my doubt out loud with friends. They would say, yeah, that's exactly why I live the way I live. Because if God was real, then he would correct me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did. I didn't. Uh, I was just like, I don't think that's the right way to do it. It comes back to presuppositions, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is? What's the theology of that? Is that a God who forces you to be a robot to love Him? Is that a God who would then like 
just take you by the ear. All you have to do is read three chapters in the Bible to yeah. find out that that's not how God, that's not how God operates. Mm. I mean, he allows us in some, uh, this is one of those theological things that I have no, I have no way of fully describing, mm-hmm. but in some form or fashion, he gives us free will and we have the free choice to choose him or to not choose him. And he didn't operate that in the, that way in the garden. And I don't think he's going to operate that way today. I think, you know, I've dealt with a lot of doubt. I'm a very... I'd say pessimistic person by nature. I would agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. And it's one thing that makes me really good. You know, Ko always says that my one of my superpowers is just asking why. I need explanation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there is a presupposition that those who doubt consistently like me have to deal with and come to terms with. It's that God doesn't owe you every answer to every question. Mm-hmm. And that scripture is truth. And it is at the square center of truth but it's a gift at a need-to-know basis. Mm -hmm. And so there are going to be questions that you'll never find the answer to. And oftentimes growing up, I was presented sort of faith as a level of assurance, Mm -hmm. right? You are as faithful as you are sure about exactly what you believe. If you could just say, I'm going to throw every doubt out the window, then that's actual faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like a more mature understanding. And honestly good for you if you can do that. If you can just accept, God bless you. That's not how I'm built. What I've had to deal with is in the midst of that dark night of the soul, do I say, trust God more than my own assurance? Do I worship a God who's proven himself to be loving and kind and beautiful? Or do I worship my level of being sure? And that, that's a real wrestle because I think one of the things we haven't acknowledged and maybe in your story and your story, Mike, it's like doubt is chaos mm-hmm. because the foundations of your worldview are being rocked. And so if we're being empathetic with people right now, it feels really hard to walk through yeah. because everything you've built your life, your marriage, your friendships, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever on, if you're faithful to that, you're doubting the foundation of that. Well, and think about this. I mean, the lack of assurance is necessary for salvation. Mm-hmm. So if God had revealed every single thing in Scripture and he gave us every miracle we've ever asked for and there was never any reason to doubt, mm-hmm. we would need no faith and we know that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so salvation begs for a Mm -hmm. lack of assurance. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think I want to ask you guys a question because simply I feel like, (laughs) unfortunately, I feel like I have a PhD in doubt Mm. and it's an everyday struggle for me. And the spirit of the age right now is deconstruction. Mm -hmm. So I hear that from a lot of young adults. I hear that from a lot of sort of very popular level podcasting or whatever, right? books written on it, things like that in popular Christian culture. If you're, if you haven't hit that vein of Christian culture, then, you know, good on you. But I've experienced a lot of it in friendships and family in my own life. And I heard one of my favorite theologians and writers, this guy named John Mark Comer, and he said that deconstruction without reconstruction is just chaos for the soul in a pointless effort because you don't know anything at that point. And you're fine having no real substance to hold on to for your heart. And so 
what would you guys say to people who feel like they're being encouraged to deconstruct? Because deconstruction is really good. Mm-hmm. If you come from a really horrible background of religion or you're just believing your parents' faith yeah. and never making it your own, go go ahead and deconstruct and make it your own. Go ahead. But what would you give them as advice for the deconstruction and then reconstruction of their faith? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think for me, I think the advice here is like as they're deconstructing and starting to reconstruct, I would f- surround myself with people who would be able to make sure that those building blocks that I'm rebuilding are solid versus mm-hmm. like, like I want people who are already farther along than where I'm currently at to help me reconstruct some of those pieces. Yeah, don't do it in a vacuum. Most of us surround ourselves with choirs to yes. preach what we want to believe, right? Yeah, exactly. So we mm. want to find people who are opposing in that. But. but you also have to show discernment in that too because opposing views are not necessarily true just because mm-hmm. they're opposing. And I think for me... The, the deconstruction and reconstruction hinges on the authority of Scripture. The background of Scripture and, mm-hmm. and why we believe that the Bible is true and authoritative, yeah. there is so much reason to believe that the Bible is God's Word, unchanged over time and without error. Mm-hmm. And so if you are deconstructing your, your faith away from the authority of Scripture— then you're already that your step one is in the wrong direction. Well, in speaking from experience, like go ahead. I believe in the Bible enough and what God has done with it. Go ahead and deconstruct your view of the Bible. I think it can stand up to it. I agree a hundred percent. And ask those questions. The Bible is full of David saying, God, why? God, why? But then oftentimes we say, I'm deconstructing. And I'm not going to ask God why. Yeah. David, in his deconstruction, in his doubt, stays connected with the God of the universe. And we often, we just feel like it's time to throw it out as soon as we have a few questions. And so I would just say, I would, I want to echo that so much. Everyone has an authority. Every, and it's just what authority you choose. Yeah. If you throw out scripture, well, then it's the spirit of the age. Mm-hmm. It's your own heart. It's your own discernment. You are going to live under authority whether or not it's God's, it, that's up to whether or not you, you enter into that. Yeah, Jordan, I'm so pumped that you brought that up because I think like when we talk about asking the question like, is, is what I'm reading real or, or what should I believe? Mm-hmm. If you genuinely do the work, mm-hmm. if you genuinely research and you allow the God of the Bible to be one of the options mm-hmm. and you genuinely do the work, you're going to arrive at Jesus every single time. Mm-hmm. I believe that without a doubt. So that's why when we talk about doubt, you know, Ka'eo, you talked about feeling like doubt is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, I think not only is doubt necessary for salvation, it's also, it, it's a beautiful thing because it, it actually is a place of growth for your faith. If mm-hmm. you actually put in the work yeah. and ask the right questions, the hard questions, the real questions. I just think for doubt, that feeling of doubt, because of, kind of what we were talking about where it's like, we feel like we're not in control. It's just easy for us just to dismiss and grab something that we can control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we don't actually, that's why I'm saying like, we don't actually sit and process doubt where we can actually get to know God in that space because that's where he wants to meet us. But instead we're like, I can't handle this. I'm gonna grab something I know, go around with people that I know and then stay in that place. And yeah. then we never actually get back to that point. And then when we get, when we now face another thing that will make us doubt, our foundation's even more rocky. Yeah. And so, I, I've, for years, I spent just asking questions and never looking for answers. And I know that's sort of a modernist yeah. idea of things, but I truly believe that people, like, sometimes we're so lazy with our doubts. Yep. And if there's not 
an answer, you have to answer your, like, go somewhere else. Ask those questions of God. Continue to wrestle with those things and ask yourself, like, is your belief in Jesus sort of hinged on whether or not you ask a question about one thing in the world? And so what does that mean about your faith in Jesus? Man, like you said, Mike, doubt is essential for faith because you have to know what you believe. Yeah. And you have to know who you're believing in. And, and that's a part of that process, right? And it's all over scripture. And so, I, I mean, do you guys have any final words just as we wrap up today? I know I think I, I felt like I was like, I went in real hard, but this is a topic that's really close to my heart. Yeah, me too. I think I would say uh, before Ka'eo kind of wraps this up, mm-hmm. I, I think I would say the, the beauty of Luke 7 is that in his doubt, John the Baptist knew where to go for truth. He went to the Word of God. He went to the, lo- the Logos. He went to, to Jesus. And Jesus showed him the truth in the ways that John experienced him in his life. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you're dealing with doubt, go, go to God in prayer. Go to God. Remember the experiences. Remember those, those valleys that God has pulled you out of. Remember the, mm-hmm. the times where God has worked in your life. Because we can doubt in a, in a vacuum, like Jordan said, where we're, we're forgetting about all the experiences and all the time that we spent with God mm-hmm. over, t- over time, all the people he's brought into our there lives. There are people who want to walk with you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would just say deal with doubt in a healthy way and avoid some of those things that K.O. mentioned. You know, just he, he talked about running to, to all the wrong things. And we could list all of the things, but it's just basically mm-hmm. sin. Like mm-hmm. we run to sin because we think it will comfort us yeah. in our moments of and doubt. And all it does is create a wedge between you and God even Yeah, it's more. destructive in our lives as well. And K.O., can we just give permission to people like your story right now? Hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. God yeah, sure. wants you to run to him like a good father in those seasons of chaos of the soul. And he'll meet you where you are. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of God. Exactly. Sometimes people just need permission that it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are waiting to help, and God is already waiting and is going to meet you in this place. I'm reminded of Job when he asks all these questions of God, and then God at the end is like, here you are. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, K.O. We really appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for letting me be here. Thanks for your time. We'll see you guys next time on The Wellcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about The Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.